WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. Dennis, I have to admit, when I was in my, oh, I'd say mid-20s, I was working for a company and the president got up in front of us on a Monday morning you know, meeting, right? The dreaded Monday morning meetings. And he said, you know, in terms of where I want to take this company and where I think the direction needs to be, we need to be a marketing first or marketing led organization. And I looked around and everyone's nodding and they're saying, yeah, this is really good idea. I really like this idea. And I sat there and I looked around and I of course started nodding my head too. And I turned to uh, the person sitting next to me. I said, what the heck's marketing led organization? <laughs> you know? And so obviously uh, I, I really, you know, I, I, I thought about that for a little while because, you know, I'm a sales guy through and through. I started out right out of college and got into sales and to me initially, I, I thought it was crazy. The idea of going into anything other than sales first, you know, sales kind of drives the, the, the revenue for a company, but we're privileged to have again Mike Black to talk to us about the idea of transformation. If you're a company that is doing as a sales first organization to a, a marketing first organization, what does that mean? So, Mike, tell us, educate us, my friend. What is what does that even mean? What is what does it mean to be a marketing first organization? So let me start with this this transformation isn't for every company. I see it really being a good fit for two different um, kind of companies that fall into two different places. One, if you have a really small company, maybe even a solopreneur where when they, you know, they sell, 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 and then they get busy delivering and then they have nothing in the pipeline. And then now mm -hmm. they've got to rebuild their pipeline. And so that consistency is really painful for them. Mm -hmm. And what they need is more leads, easier to close, more easier to close leads that come in faster. And there's a business case where they could hire a salesperson, but there's a business case there where marketing may be a solution to help them solve that problem. Second place is more of a, say, what I would kind of term as a metal market company. But really what I mean when I, really what comes down to with this is they have a sales team, more than one salesperson. And so if you start to look at why would I even consider marketing first, and I'll get into what marketing first is. Well, let's talk about what marketing first is actually before I get into why that's important for that company. And marketing first just simply means that you're marketing, we're leveraging marketing to build awareness, start to occupy a spot in the potential client's brain around that we are a great, great company, that we solve the problems that they have. Um, what we saw, you know, if they have our problem, we can solve them for them, to be more clear. And so when they have that awareness, now when sales reaches out, it's much more likely that they're going to initiate a conversation. Yeah, because your ultimate goal is for that salesperson is not to educate, but to have a good open dialogue and conversation about the solution or the problem the customer has and how you can help solve that problem, I'm assuming. I think, you know, if you're starting that conversation because they're aware of who you are as a company and your brand and whatever you need them to associate you with, it's a much better sales conversation. Right. Hmm. I, would, I would agree. Versus going in there and trying to just hit them over the head of here's all the stuff I can do. And you don't even know what they're, they don't even know what the problem is and how to solve it. You've, you flipping the equation so that they actually are looking for you and then you're helping them see the value that you're going to bring as an organization. I have to have a great story of that. So that, uh, 2017, I closed one of our largest deals with, with an oil and gas consulting firm. 
And I was like, well, where am I going to, you know, being a business owner, I'm like, where am I going to reinvest the profits we've made here to make us a better company? And so I decided, I said, hey, I'm going to hire a sales coach. Well, I didn't hire any sales coach. There was a sales coach that I'd listened to his podcast for eight years. And so he's like, hey, Mike, let's schedule a call and talk about what this might look like, you know, whatever. And so on that call, it felt like I was talking to an old friend and I would have told him anything. Uh, you know, he asked me a question. I wasn't avoiding pain. I wasn't embarrassed because he was good at this. Right. So I would have told him anything and it was, you know, it was a done deal. I signed up right after that call. I, you know, it was like seconds and I'm like, okay, I'm in, let's go. And so the <laughs> idea would be is that he is a marketing, even though he's a salesperson, he's actually a marketing first salesperson mm. in the sense of how he's promoting your business. Now, if we're talking about this for a company of people where there's a sales team, if you start to look at costs, and where the most expensive parts of the company are, most often it's HR, human resources, people are your most expensive part of your company. Then if you drill down further and you start to look at what people are the most expensive part, and it is often the salespeople. Hmm. So everything that we can do, to, if you run a company of, of people where you have a sales team, what everything you can do to make their time more efficient and easier, the better off your company is. Right. So the lesson is not throwing more salespeople at it. Sometimes it would be to get that marketing so that the sales group you have is more effective and can close more deals versus throwing more bodies at it. Yes. And you just nailed the business case right there. The question becomes is, do I get more out of another salesperson? Or if I can get my sales team 20% more effective, if I have a team of 10 and I'm 20% more, more effective and I can do that at, at a lower cost than bringing in another two more salespeople, it's a win. It's a math equation. And it sounds a little to me, and, and this is, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, it sounds like what you're doing is you're really creating systems within your company too as well. So that the, you know, as you, as people come and go within the organization, whether they're coming and getting promoted, coming and moving on, you really are developing a system that can over time, you know, it, it's not reliant on an individual talent of a salesperson you're really creating opportunities for yourself that you can plug into and, and with the talent, be able to have them close that business for you. Am, am I right in that? I'd have to think about that a little bit, but my gut initial response on this is that I, you know, if you, if I, if you were, if a company was bringing me in and they said, Hey, here's our sales team, this guy, this, or this woman is our lead salesperson. They're knocking it out of the park. Um, but we have these other five people and they're kind of any range within under that. And so the question a CEO has is, Hey, how can I get more of that lead salesperson? Mm. Um, and so one way is you, cause that person's probably a hero, right? Like they go out and make it happen. That's how sales lead salespeople become lead salespeople. Uh, at the part of the other question is how do you improve the performance of the rest of the team and how much mm. easier does it, if you have a brand and that you're known to the people and you are, and, and that's built. And a part of the, what we would look at is what's your sales process like? What questions do people have at what stage? How do we build marketing so that we're already positioned and the materials are already answering questions that we know they're going to have based on the research that we've done. Then it makes sure your salespeople that may not be knocking it out of the park may start to knock it out of the park more. And what's the return off of that? That's really, again, back to that, the math equation we talked about, Dennis. Yep, exactly. If I'm thinking about this and, you know, I, I'm listening to you, Mike, uh, and this all makes sense. And from my perspective as a business owner, driver, I want to make and, and do the right decision. How do, how do I get started? What do I, what do I do to, 
to get a uh, uh, to turn my organization into a marketing first organization? What what are what are the things I need to consider? What do I need to do to get this all set up? There's a couple ways to get started. Um, my first thought is is that make sure you're very clear on your business strategy. Um, because this isn't going to be, I mean, salespeople, honestly, if you aren't clear on your business strategy, you're already losing money and you should just do that first. Mm. Um, because if you're not clear on your business strategy, your salespeople aren't selling in the right places, aren't going to be closing the right deals. And boy, is that going to cause problems for you? Um, so get clear on your business strategy. What are your goals? What are you going to be doing? Where do you want to, where is it that you want to do business this year? What, you know, how are you going to do that? And some of the brand promise pieces, once you get to that point, then you start to have, you know, you can do this yourself. Um, I would not recommend that. You, I think salespeople are, are a wealth of information on this, but I don't think a salesperson should leave this effort. I think it should be a business leader that isn't directly tied to sales. They should go in and interview your best clients and figure out, okay, what is it that is important early in the sales cycle? What are the questions that, what are the things you're looking for on a, because what, what happens if you look at what happens in the sales cycle right now, People start contacting sales teams about 72% of the way through. Some, some big firm came up with that number. It's not me. 72% um, of the way through their search. They're already educated. They already know the pros and cons of solutions. They already know a lot. And they may even know more than your salespeople about all the different options and how things compare. That doesn't mean that they're figuring out they actually understand their problem to the full extent. In fact, they may not. But when they're contacting you, they're not uneducated. And they, they may know more than you do at that point. Mike, the other thing that the other thing that we've entered this year, because um, I mean we're talking about the ones you win, but let's be honest, we do lose accounts or we lose ones that we're trying to get. Um, we actually ask a, a little survey on the end, and it's amazing what you find out from them on the ones that you lose. Um, you know, because sometimes is it is it brand related? Is it people related? There's all kinds of stuff. Some of them will tell you, some won't. But it's amazing the ones where. You've got a pretty good relationship, but it's, you know, for some reason they select another product. They'll usually help tell you what's going on. And that's just another great way to, as from a small business, just to talk to ones that you lose. Yes. So what I would say here is that, um, one, I love your idea and we will actually do that. We will actually go pay the people you lose to talk to us and tell us information. <laughs> like, why didn't we get this deal essentially? Um, yeah. if I'm looking at kind of what we would do is I would have a business leader go and talk to them and look at both maybe the people you win with and the people you lost with is that what's important early in that sales cycle. What are the things right. they need to see on the website in order to not get disqualified? What, you know, how do we know that you, they want to contact you then from there as they're starting, cause what happens typically in a B2B and especially in the middle market, they're going to start to whittle it down and kind of get it down to hopefully just three. I had somebody do 10 and I would, we wouldn't even participate. <laughs> um, but three different potential solutions. And then you want to go, well, which one's going to win? What are the things that you're looking at when you decide who wins? And so some of the questions you need to think about are, you know, is it cost driven? Where does cost come into this? Typically in B2B, what we see is that cost, they want to see that you're in the right ballpark for cost very early. So they're not wasting time. Once you get later in the sales cycle, it's all about how well can you solve my problem? Because they already know that you're on the in the right ballpark for cost. And so can you solve my problem? Are you the best solution? And the fact that you might charge more than the alternative may actually be an advantage because they're looking for a comprehensive solution that really they have more faith because you're serious. Um, and doing the same thing around like, well, okay, at that point, why didn't you pick us kind of in that later stage does make a ton of sense. Mike, is, is this transformation, is this a, 
do we need to kind of take a holistic look as business owners to say that this is a big cultural shift? If I've got a company here and you know I've got, a, I don't know, like 50 employees working for me, and I say that I'm going to be moving this from a, a sales first organization into the marketing uh, focus, is that, do, do we need to take into account anything like that from a culture perspective, the way that we've done business the past before, is this, does it, does it have to be a big transformative thing or is it really just kind of more iterative? It, it, what does that look like? I think for the right company, it's absolutely transformative. And the first piece, if you think about, you know, if you look at what bigger companies do, and we talked about that in, this, in the previous podcast is that what savvy companies do to figure out what's the right message is they go interview the best customers and figure out what's important to them. They look at the competition, find the gaps, and they message all day long on those gaps. Well, once you have those gaps, that should really permeate all of the customer journey. So then that, that's something that we're starting to see, especially with digital transformation, where technology is taking over a larger part of the operations, is we're now able to make sure that the right message is being delivered, not just during the sales and marketing process, but the entire time through the, the entire customer relationship. And so it could be, and if you're, in my view, a savvy business leader is going to be looking at this because your competition, if you're not, your competition is. Mm. And a company that delivers. So now not, not only talking about, okay, we're going to say the right things, which is often what people think about when they think about marketing and marketing first is we're going to say the right things and we're going to lead with a marketing effort so that they're aware of us before the salesperson calls. Beyond that, though, it's about how do we keep the promises we're making and make sure that we're communicating that value throughout the entire life cycle of the customer. So not only when we're offboarding them as a client, because maybe it's over, they now have transitioned out, they've outgrown us, um, we're no longer a fit for them for whatever reason. When we're offboarding them, we're doing it with class and style in a way that they would refer us if they met somebody. And then when that CEO or maybe the another person in the C-suite or even a VP now gets a new job in a smaller company that happens to be a good fit, guess who they turn to? Because mm -hmm. you delivered that entire customer experience based on the needs of your customer. Mike, here's a question that you know, I see periodically with people that I work with. Um, you've got a product that that is somewhat generic enough that it's hard to get the message out of exactly what it does. Sales is blowing and going, marketing's over here on the other side, and, and sometimes they don't work well together. I mean, it, marketing's sending one message out and the sales group maybe isn't implementing it or listening to it or vice versa. How, how do you deal with that in an organization? Well, my first, my first thought on this is that one, make sure that you have clear business goals, which we talked about a little bit earlier, of like, where, where do you wanna grow? How do you wanna grow? And make sure that your sales team, their compensation and their focus is really on that. Um, if that's not happening, you've got a big problem. That's actually not a problem I solve. I just run into that where there's yep. this compensation plan that's not really in alignment with what they want to do. And then therefore, well, salespeople are salespeople. We, I, I'm a salesperson at heart as well. Mm -hmm. And we sell what makes us money. And so therefore, you're not going to get hit your goals. So that's my first thought is, is just look for alignment. Now let's talk about the alignment between sales and marketing. From my perspective, even though at the heart I'm a salesperson, if you have marketing that is driven based on customer insights, marketing should own the customer lifecycle from a messaging and experience perspective. What sales should get from marketing, though, is support around how do we get the right materials in front of people in the right place. And so integrating those two efforts. And so what let's talk about what that looks like if that's not happening. 
So you talked about the example, marketing's off doing something. And I hear this complaint a lot that marketing's off talking about these things and salespeople are like, what in the world is that all about? Mm -hmm. uh, my guess is that it's one of two things. Um, and I think it's more likely the first, the first would be is that the marketing that is being generated is not based on customer insights or customer research. It's based on the insights that the marketing people have, and they don't have enough indirect contact with the potential customers to know that it's off touch. They are off base. And so then they're just pushing things out that aren't helpful. Sales has enough um, touch or enough contact with uh, potential customers. They know that doesn't resonate because they put it in front of them and it doesn't make sense. Or they're like, why would I, you know, anytime I talk about it this way, it doesn't work. So that's not the right way to approach it. And then, so what sales does then is they build their own message because they know what resonates and they kind of dig. And what salespeople should do yep. is they should dig into pain. They should align the solution with pain. And so sales is going to dig in on that all day long and they're going to close deals. Is it the right mm -hmm. deal? That's why I started talking about alignment early on with your business goals because salespeople, that's what they do is they close bills. But none of this is efficient because now marketing spreading the image that is not accurate about what you guys, what this company actually does well. Sales is having to overcome that and maybe kind of set, they're selling based on where they personally benefit. They're talking about the things that get the deal closed. Is that actually what really will happens? Cause we haven't identified, well, is what sales promising often not is what sales promising actually what the company delivers. And so it's just a big mess and you end up closing the wrong deals. Yeah, and then you got a third group over here, operations that has to deliver it that may not even be in alignment with, with marketing and sales. So it's like the whole key is it's marketing driven, but you've got to have the whole organization talking about what's going on in the strategies. And, and in today's world with supply chain and all that, you've got to be careful that you're not marketing something that you may not be able to deliver that in our previous podcast you talked about can actually be a detriment to your organization. That's right. So if a company has these challenges, I actually suggest I have a friend, his name's Eric Hosteen. He has a company called SMP Alignment. They actually, that's all he does all day long is how do you get all these things in alignment? Um, our work we come in as like, how can we give sales what they need? We wanna go and understand the customers and really understand what's important to them throughout the entire sales process and make sure that sales actually has the right collateral and stories that happen so they can do that at the right time. And that's where, Marketing first can both be kind of, we're going to hit the beaches first, building awareness and make it easier for the salesperson once they've gotten that call to stand out. Now they actually have information and collateral that's based on customer insights and what's important to customers. So it's actually going to be more powerful. The other piece then is if you're basing your marketing and sales off that, at that point, marketing can also, or the insights that marketing gets from customers can kind of create this ski lane or a ski slope where we're going to go, we're all skiing down together and going in the same direction and we want to stay out of the trees. And so then hopefully there's these, there's, there's these guideposts that say, Hey sales, these, these customers generally aren't a good client because this is what happens down the road. We know you can close them because you can make the promises. We understand their pain, but actually once they get on board, operations can't deliver and they're unhappy and then it costs money and the morale's bad because everybody's yelling at each other. And so that's where the customer insights can be really powerful from a, for a sales organization. So that's a little bit off the topic of sales first versus marketing first, but I think it's... It all ties together in a roundabout way. So no, that's great. Yeah. Appreciate it. And that actually goes back to what we were talking a few minutes ago was culturally and just making sure that we prep the organization and really kind of think holistically in terms of what this means and really what's involved. And so having said that, it's super important that you involve yourself with a pro and on with us today, of course, Mike Black, CEO, managing partner of Page Black. Mike, what is the best way 
for any listener out there to get a hold of you and to be able to talk to you in person. Bounce a couple of thoughts and ideas about how they can implement maybe a, a putting a marketing first type of uh, idea into their organization. Well, uh, first our website and it's page.black and page is spelled P-A-I-G-E dot B-L-A-C-K. There is no dot com. It is dot black. So, and you could email me at mike at page dot black. The other part is I'll, I'll give you guys a, my LinkedIn profile. So you guys can share that. Happy to take connections. I actually will connect if you connect with me on LinkedIn. I accept pretty much every connection unless you're um, one of those automated business development ones. I turn those down. But otherwise, just about anybody. And, and I'll, I'll share with you, Mike has done a wonderful amount of uh, informational webinars and uh, and meetings. And and I'll, I can just say there's a wealth of information that if you follow Mike on LinkedIn, you'll you'll definitely be the better for it. Dennis, this has been great. I, I appreciate, Mike, your time coming on again. And uh, thank you for being on the WFH with Two Guys. You've been listening to WFH with Two Guys. We'll see you next time.